0: Yes. Yes. Anantokoti Vaishna Vrandhaki yes. Namachar Shahadasta Kuruki yes. Prem Krishna Chaitan Neprabunitananda Shri Advaida Vada Srivasa Riguru Pukta yes. Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gop Gopinath Sham Kundaradha Kundaki yes. Brajahumi Sri Vrandavanadhamaki yes. Purushotam Shetrasarjavanath Purithamaki Navadvi Pamaya Purdhamaki, Kangama Jamanamaiki, Bhokti Devi Tulasi Maharani Kaligupavan Kaligapavan Harinama Sankirtani, Hare Krishna Mahamantraki, Srila Prabhupada Translat Book Distribution Ki, Chai. Taigur Primanandi, All to Assemble Devotees, All Guru is to assemble devotees, all guru is to assemble devotees, all guru is to Sri Guru and Sri Gorama. devaaso devaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om chakshurun Namavam Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishnaya Bhutali Shri Mathe Bhaktivedanta Swami Nithinamane, Namaste Sarasvati Deve Gauravani Pracharane, Nirvishishishishunyabadi Pashchati Deshidharane, Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nithyananda, Shri Advaidu Gadadara Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktavrinda, Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare, So, we are happy to welcome all of you. We are going to be speaking on the principles of community. I'll share three principles. First is absorption. Absorption in the transcendental sound vibration, which is known as the sadhana. When we speak about sadhana, we refer to the process or the means by which one can attain to higher stages of self-realization. So, in the Bhagavatam, when Maharaj Parikshit has been cursed by Shukadev, by the Shringi and is awaiting the arrival of Srila Shukadeva Goswami, at that point, he expresses to all the assembled sages that tammo payantam pratyantuve praganga chudevi drithi tamiche dvijopasristak uha kastakshakovam dasatvalam gayate Vishnu gatha. He says that a person facing death is usually Fearful of the destruction of his body But in my case I'm more afraid of distraction of my mind And therefore when people are afraid of destruction of the body they go to the hospital and If they are afraid of the distraction of the mind they come to the temple and therefore, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur called the temple as hospitals. But here we come for treating the maddened, intoxicated, distracted mind. And therefore, Maharaj Parikshit expresses to Shukadeva Goswami in the 10th canto, Vayam dhanyatama loke, we are the most fortunate, he says. Somebody who is about to die in three days, how can he consider himself to be the most fortunate? So, say Prabhupāda expresses, there are three degrees of fortune. Fortunate, more fortunate, most fortunate. So in human form of life, when someone gets an opportunity to arrest the movement of his distracted mind through the association of devotees, that person is considered to be fortunate. In that association, when we get an opportunity to hear about the glories of the Holy Name, and hear about the pastimes of the Lord and actually practice the process one is considered more fortunate and when one gets to hear about the pastimes of the Lord and glories of the Lord repeatedly he is considered most fortunate and therefore Maharaj Parikshit is forcing us to relook at our own paradigms and priorities which we have created in life. What was our definition of fortune before we came into the association of devotees? And after coming into the association of devotees, then we should have a very clear and hard look at what our priorities are going to be considering all the philosophy which we are studying. And therefore, the Srimad Bhagavatam is a literature which helps us reconnect with our true, real purpose. And therefore, here he says, if you are going through difficulties in life and challenges in life, then you have to appreciate that the purpose of the human form of life and the success of the human form of life is to win the game. And win the game of what? Win the game against distraction. And therefore, when a coach is coaching player or a student, then he makes sure that the student goes through repeated attempts at the most difficult challenges in that particular field. If someone is being trained to play football, then the coach will make sure that the student or the player is subjected to the most excruciating, intense and the wide range of possible real-time challenges he will face while playing the match. So therefore it is a duty of the coach to subject the player or his pupil or student whom he is coaching to all the Variety and the depth and the intensity of the difficult challenges in that field. If there is a coach who is coaching a student in mathematics for cracking one of the most difficult examinations, so he has to prepare himself with all those high levels of complexities of the problems, then the student will be ready. If he is getting prepared for PhD level mathematics and then the coach is teaching him 2 plus 2 is equal to 4, that doesn't make sense. So therefore, depending on the goal which you are trying to achieve, your preparation also has to match. If somebody is preparing himself to win the World Heavyweight Boxing Championship, He cannot prepare himself by just dancing in Kirtan, which is great spiritually, but he will get knocked out within 5 seconds, because he has not prepared himself for the fight. So, you have to prepare yourself for the actual real-time fight, challenge, problem which you are going to face for sufficient number of years, under an expert authority who will subject you to all of those details whether it is academics or sports, business any other field so therefore the success does not come in one moment but that one moment of success which we call as is a result of several years of practice repeating that activity again and again. And therefore, when we are referring to sadhana, sadhana means we are practicing. And therefore, Mahaprabhu says, "Nadhanam, dhanam, na janam, na sundarim. That means Olympic gold medal or the highest kind of accolades, Nobel Nobel Prize in Mathematics, all of that is nothing compared to what we are aspiring for. So just imagine the kind of diligence which is demonstrated by high-level scientists, high-level sportsmen, high-level businessmen to accomplish what we dismiss as mundane pursuits. But to achieve excellence, even in those mundane pursuits, there is a certain degree of discipline, dedication, absorption, freedom from distraction, which is a common thread. And therefore, when Naradmuni comes back and meets Uttanpa, the father of dhru Maharaj, he tells him that your son is aspiring for something which is the most difficult right that even the the greatest demigods are not able to achieve the greatest demigods are unable to connect with those achievements and therefore your son is in the highest stage of achievement and accomplishment and dushkaram ah dushkaram means impossible to achieve and your son dhruva has managed to achieve that and so Loka api prabhu, even the greatest controller of the entire planetary systems are unable to achieve. And we are aspiring for that, to absorb our mind, completely focus our mind, overcome distraction. At overcome distraction and absorb ourselves, on Krishna in the midst of success, failure, fortune, misfortune, health, distress, prosperity, adversity. So, in order to prepare ourselves for becoming the champion at the time of death, Because at the moment of death, our focus, our attentiveness, our ability to remain, keep our mind absorbed in Krishna will be tested. And therefore, the moment of death, is it going to be a pleasurable or a painful experience? Moment of death is pleasurable or painful? Yeah, painful. Just painful or excruciatingly painful. Excruciating. So, therefore, if we have to remember Krishna in the midst of intense and heavy pain at the time of death, as an expert coach, teacher, It is Krishna's responsibility to help us train our entire life in the midst of pleasurable condition or painful condition. Therefore, our entire life we have to prepare ourselves to tolerate pain and in the midst of that pain not complain but remember Krishna. And therefore, the philosophy is given to help us convince our false ego to take the least possible time to overcome the distraction caused by that pain and absorb ourselves and come back to thank Krishna with gratitude. So the purpose of the philosophy is to decrease the time taken for the shock to register other emotions to be expressed. Retract the mind back and focus on Krishna. To the extent you are soundly philosophical, to that extent you will be able to make that transformation faster and therefore this is the first principle that we need to appreciate that when we speak about sadhana, sadhana is not a matter of muttering some syllables in a distracted manner for a couple of hours and feeling that I have done my chore. It is like someone just taking a walk and then coming back and saying that, okay, I am ready for a boxing match. His preparation and his final examination do not match. And therefore, this sadhana means an intense, rigorous, consistent practice Expecting the worst. And therefore, we have to be in the proper mood while performing. Otherwise, there is no difference between a ritualistic worshiper who does not know the connection between what he is doing and what is coming. And therefore, again, as I mentioned this morning, the success of a hospital is not the number of patients they register or admit. The success of a hospital is how many patients they are able to discharge successfully. So, as ISCON is moving into its first 50 years end and second 50 years begins, as a hospital, Our current paradigm of success is, we have admitted thousands of people in the hospital. And just by seeing the crowds coming to get admitted in the hospital, we have declared the hospital to be successful. But then, it is also alarming to see that hardly anybody is getting discharged. Or get discharged. Half the patients are engaged in fighting with the doctor. In many wards, fights are breaking out between the patients. Many of the instruments in the hospital are being broken. There is chaos and mayhem within the hospital corridors. Brahmachari ashram is general ward. Grastha ashram is private ward with nurse. (laughs) And then those who are bachelors are in the corridor, (laughs) checking out, where should I get admitted. So it's a massive hospital. But the success would depend on how the treatment is having its effect. And so many people joined ISKCON because when they saw Prabhupada, they had faith. Krishna Consciousness works. So today, what ISKCON needs the most is not strategies, is not PowerPoints, is not various kinds of apps, it's not properties, it's not all these things. ISKCON needs a few examples of devotees who are practicing and experiencing the effect of the medicine. We need people who are experiencing the positive effect of Bhakti Yoga, who are seen going beyond Anarthana experiencing Nishtha. And that is going to be the most important element in the way forward of our society. Solid, consistent practitioners who give faith to others. Because that's what the practitioners need the most. And therefore here, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent Rupa and Sanatan to Vrindavan. Mahaprabhu entered Vrindavan Karthik Purnima of 1515. And then Rupan and Sanatan entered Vrindavan in February of 1516. Aimataloke Chaitanya Bhakti Yoalaila. Deena Deen, Heen and Indaka Sabhar Nana Shastra Ani Koila Bhakti Granthasar Muda Adama Janarit Ervotarila Nistar. So Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed Rupan Sanatan to write multiple literatures. Nana Shastra Ani Koila Bhakti Grantasar. So so many literatures they wrote. For what purpose? Moodha Adhama Janeretyhu Tarila Nistar in order to deliver the most fallen in this age of Kali. And so, on the instruction of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rup and Sanatan came to Vrindavan. Prabhu ragyaya koila shastri rabichar brojera bhakti korila prachar so this verse reveals what is going to be the foundational principle for success in preaching prabhur agya koila Rupa and sanatan were well endowed with the highest intelligence scholarship Political abilities, and mahaprabhu personally glorifies them. Krishna <laughs> kripa Amongst the devotee community, they were the topmost of all devotees. They are considered amongst the king amongst the devotees. Bhakta Raja. Krishna Kripa Patra, they have received the highest mercy of Lord Krishna. Vyavahare Raja Mantri, externally they may be politicians, but internally they are experiencing the highest ecstasy. And so Mahaprabhu glorifies them and he says, Vidya Bhakti Buddhi bole Parama Praveen Tauva Pana Ke and both Rupa and Sanatan are so highly qualified that they have Vidya, knowledge Bhakti, devotion Buddhi, intelligence Bale, political strength and power Parama Praveen expert in all kinds of diplomacy and exchanges Tabu apanaka Still they consider themselves to be lower than the grass. And therefore, Mahaprabhu says Tara doinya de shune, pasha BIDARE AMITARE ami kohilo dohare. Mahaprabhu says, by seeing their humility, even the stones would melt. And being pleased with their humility, I spoke to them. So interestingly, Mahaprabhu says, I was not pleased with their intelligence or their power or influence and things like that. I was pleased with their humility. Utamahuyahi Nokori Manaha Apanare Ochire Kori krishna Tomara Udhare. So he tells both of them, although you are exalted hi no Kori, still you consider yourself to be fallen. Ochire Koribe Krishna Kori lu very soon Krishna will deliver both of you because of your humility and therefore when we are making all our strategy documents for preaching we should know that everything begins with the step one which is personal example and precept and so that Mahaprabhu Reveals through the Goswami. Prabhur Agyaya Kohila Shastre bichar. Prabhur Ajaya. Roop and Sanatan, they were intelligent, they were intense, they were creative, they knew Bengali, Sanskrit, Persian, Arabic, they were wealthy. While retiring, Rup and Sanatan donated seven boats filled with gold bars. Now the size of the boat is not mentioned. How large the boat was, but gold bars and seven boatloads filled with that they donated. Now that is interesting because Mahaprabhu has given them instruction. You go and develop Vrindavan, buy land in Vrindavan, build temples, excavate holy places. As soon as you hear this, what is the response? What do I need for all this? Money. And the first thing Rup and Sanatan do after they get the instruction is they distribute all of that. We could have used some of it in Brooklyn. (laughs) Seven boatloads filled with gold. And if somehow someone gives an indication that this is the place where all of that is buried, I'm sure many devotees will put the sadhana aside for a few days and go and check it out and get the money and think that, okay, this will be a fast forward thing. You can come here. There are seats here and here. So why did Rupa and Sanatan share all of that wealth and then come to Vrindavan? Because Vrindavan and consciousness of Vrindavan cannot be established on the basis of assets and wealth it can only be established on the basis of absorption so i have involved myself in lots of projects in the last 20 years but we should know that there is a major difference between a spiritual institution executing projects and corporates who actually do projects for business for profit. So when the corporates engage in projects, the goal is very simple. it is profit. their profit is wealth, the bottom line. But we should know that practicing devotees bottom line and you know the profit in the balance sheet is always remember Krishna. And never forget Krishna. Smartavyam sadam bhishtum bismarthavyo na So, therefore, when we are engaged in any activity, we should make sure that we should not go into loss in our business, which is forget Krishna. And Krishna says in Gita. Sarvasaccaha mrdisannivishto matthah smritir jnanam apohanam ca. So, the department of remembering and forgetfulness is in whose hands? Krishna's. Matthah. So, he holds the key. And therefore, we are in a very complex business. And to make profit in this business, requires the constant sanction of the chairman of the board Krishna because he is observing every moment what we are doing and therefore all the other activities must be done keeping this goal in mind because if you are doing business And you become absorbed in the joy you are getting in producing something but forget that you are doing business for profit. However good quality item you make, but if that is not making profit, you will get booted out. Similarly, we are here not simply to keep ourselves busy in multiple activities. We are here for a certain business to make profit. And therefore Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Vyavasaya Atmika Buddhi Krishna says in Gita, we are also in vyavasai. What does vyavasay mean? Business. But what business? What is our product? Atmika. We are in the business of the soul. We are investing in our soul, in our spiritual growth. That is Atmika. Buddhi. Ekeha Kurunandana. So we also need to be diligent, dedicated, and absorbed. Keep an eye on the bottom line. Like a businessman. Are we making profit? Bhavushākhāyanandascha If one is not a focused businessman, simply various operations are running and none of the operations are interconnected to each other. So ultimately it is just a factory which is running. Items are getting purchased. Assembly line is producing goods. Something is getting sold something is getting wasted, quality control is not there. It is a dysfunctional business because it is not making profit. So similarly, Krishna consciousness is not just a group of random activities which we indulge in just to keep ourselves busy. Because at a certain point of time we thought working outside in the material world is Not too good. So we need to understand that this kind of business-like approach is required. And therefore, the step one, he says, Prabhur Agyay Koila. The first step is submission. Or as they say, Sadachar. Prabhur Agyay Koila. Sadachar. Sadachar means as a devotee we are always in the mode of being a das so therefore you should we should take time before we make the commitment when achievement is the priority you are called a karma yogi when intellectual prowess is the priority, then one is called a Jnana Yogi. When perfection through one's own efforts is the goal, then you are a Ashtanga Yogi. So there is a reason why Krishna has showcased all the yoga processes within the Gita. And Krishna is not in a hurry. Although, the situation is very urgent. And therefore, we should not claim success just because we have attracted a few people within the organization. Because sometimes after 15 years, the practitioner realizes that I have jumped into signing a contract as a bhakti yogi when I was not mature looks like I am more meant to be a karma yogi. I didn't realize I was so aggressively achievement-oriented rather than being servant-oriented. So therefore, we should realize that we are signing up for an activity which is genuinely very, very difficult to become a Das and most people don't even get an opportunity to realize what it means to be a Das because lack of sufficient number of active people who can actually engage you as a Das so you never get the chance to practice so all you have as part of Das is the name and therefore, this whole principle of being a das is demonstrated by Rupa and Sanatan. Ma, Prabhu says, "Stay in Vrindavan." Okay, no question. We'll stay here. Prabhu ragaaya Kaila, sadachar. So that is sadachar. So Prabhupada is in. Uh, you know, Bhoneshwar. And then he meets Gaur Govinda Maharaj and he asks Gaur Govinda Maharaj how is the translation going on of you know, Bhagavatam in Udisa, Udiya language. So Gaur Govinda Maharaj says I am doing translation but it's very slow because I have to do management also. Prabhupada said, you should delegate management to somebody. He says, there is nobody in the temple, Prabhupada. I am the president of the temple, but I am also the resident. I am the only resident. <laughs> so, from where I will delegate? So, suddenly Prabhupada saw one American devotee going by. Prabhupada said, we will make him the manager. So Govind Maharaj said, he has come from New York, he is going back tomorrow to New York. Prabhupada will change his plan. So, Guru said, you have to change his plan, I cannot. So, Prabhupada called this devotee, this devotee offered his obeisances. Prabhupada smiled at him. The devotee got scared. <laughs> the Paramatma gave him a heads up. A missile is coming your way. So, I'm, therefore, I am saying that we jump into the mission of becoming a Das without even understanding the intense seriousness of what it entails. And so, at that point, Prabhupada said to this devotee, I want you to stay here and manage this place. So his devotee got shocked. He said, Prabhupada, I am going to New York tomorrow and by the way, the weather in India does not suit me. Prabhupada said, only when you stay longer time, it will suit you. So you stay. Says Prabhupada, but the food doesn't suit me. Prabhupada said, I will write down what to eat, what not to eat, Eat that everything will be digested. He said, but Prabhupada, in New York, they started a new department for me. Prabhupada said, I will send somebody else to take over that department. You stay. He was running out of ideas. says, Prabhupada, I cannot get along with the local GBC. Prabhupada said, today only I change the GBC. You stay. Then he had the final Brahmastra. says, Prabhupada, I am so busy morning till night, I cannot even complete my 16 rounds. I will go to New York and peacefully do 16 rounds. Prabhupada said, if you are busy all day and absorbed, even if you don't do it, it is okay. So fine, and he said, tell me what I should do. So he said, no problem. Maharaj, yeah. <laughs> <Oops, sorry. laughs> <laughs> you can sit here on this side, on this side. Chair, you can sit on a chair. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I thought
1: it would disturb you the least.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, Therefore the absorption element is demonstrated by Rupa and Sanatan and they are instructed by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to stay in Vrindavan. Prabhur Agyay Koila. sabha Shastra rabhichar So when there is Sadachar, only on the foundation of Sadachar there can be. Shastra vichar. So, if one simply tries to study the Shastra without the proper Sadhachar, then the purport of the Shastra will not enter into the mind. Brajera niguda bhakti korila prachar. And then, when there is sadachar and Shastra vichar, then one will actually be successful in doing prachar. You can, you can come here, Prabhu. You can come here. Bhakti Kurila Prachar. So therefore, the first principle which we are discussed in our community is absorption in the transcendental sound vibration. And with that absorption, Every member of the community, first of all, intensifies their relationship with Krishna. Because a Krishna conscious community is trying to model itself after Vrindavan. And the first business of the Brajavasis is their intense absorption in constantly asking two questions. How to serve Krishna? and how to please Krishna. These are the only two questions popping up in the minds of Brajavasis. And Prabhupada said, my temples are like Vrindavan. And therefore those who are attached to those temples as members of the community, either living within the physical precincts of the temple or outside they are all part of that whole entourage of the deities. Because their whole goal is centered around serving and pleasing the deities. How to serve Radha Govinda, how to please Radha Govinda. Devotees from London have come. How to please and serve Radha Gokulananda. So, that theme of Vrindavan (coughs) is characterized by first of all the same mood of the Vrajavasis which is absorption so when Rupan Sanatan entered Vrindavan at that point there was very interesting forgetfulness about the glory of Vrindavan and connection of Krishna to Vrindavan in that period because Mahmud of Ghazni attacked Vrindavan in AD. So Krishna's grandson Vajranabh had recreated the holy places and established deities just after Lord Krishna's departure in Mathura, taking Uttara as a guide because Uttara was the last living person who had seen Krishna and she confirmed when the deities were made that Madan Mohan's lotus feet are like Krishna's. Govindadeva's chest is like Krishna's and Gopinath's face is like Krishna's. So all the original deities were carved under the direction of Uttara and organized by Vajranabh. So Vrindavan was flourishing even after Krishna's disappearance. But when Mahmud of Ghazni attacked, practically all the temples were broken and the deities were lost. So in the 500 years period when the Muslim rule of the various other, you know, nomadic tribes which were attacking India, further forgetfulness of Krishna's connection with Vrindavan happened. And so in Chaitanya charitamrita Kaviraj Goswami says, Kale na Vrindavan keli varta lupte ti tam khyapayitum vrshishya Ratena abhisheśeśca devas cha sanatanam cha. So, most people underestimate the contribution of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Srivatsa Goswami of Radharaman Sampradaya, who's also like he was an emeritus professor in Harvard, one of the top Gaudiya scholars in the world today, he calls Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the Columbus of Vrindavan. That Vrindavan at that point of time was lost in its significance. Nobody knew that Krishna has something to do with this place. Very, very few people knew. The Babajis and the Sadhus were doing bhajan there. Only they knew. But even the local people lost that. So therefore he says, Kālena Vrindavan Keli Vārta Lūpteti It got hidden. It got covered over. That oh this Vrindavan is a place of significance for Lord Krishna. And therefore, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ultimately instructed Rupan Sanatan that you have to establish this. So that was a mission. And what is a mission? Excavate holy places, install deities write literatures facilitate the distracted mind to become gradually absorbed in prema. How? Rupa Goswami started writing the Bhakti Rasamar Sindhu in 1516. The Bhakti Rasamar Sindhu finally got published in 1534. It took 18 years. But it was a landmark uh, book and literature. Why? Because Mahaprabhu was naturally absorbed. Anyerahridayaman moraman brindavan manevane jani. So he was naturally absorbed. But what about the conditioned souls who are naturally distracted? And therefore, for them to be absorbed, one needs a process. And so it took 18 years of effort to study multiple literatures like Bharat Muni's Rasa Shastra and all the other Vedic literatures, Bhakti Shastra's Bhagavatam, and then put together. So basically Bhakti Rasamat Sindhu, if you consider Vedic literatures to be like technology, Bhakti Rasamar sindhu is like an app. It made the practice of Bhakti so simple. A simple, downloadable app. Follow this process. And then you can monitor your progress like this. And therefore, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he instructed Rupen Sanatan in that way, so they stayed there in Vrindavan till all of these deities were excavated. So to facilitate the absorption, and therefore Mahaprabhu spent six years traveling across India, but he spent eighteen years absorbed in Gambira. and therefore. This is a very important principle that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu demonstrated that without that absorbed practice one cannot really access the real grace and the mood of Sri Vrindavan Dham. And so Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he instructs Rupan Sanatan to do this and Rupa and Sanatan are most qualified to do this because although everybody can practice the process, not everyone can deal with the power and the powerful. And so Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted Rupa and Sanatan to cultivate powerful people because you would require the assistance of various powers to establish Vrindavan. So Rupan Sanatan came in 1516 to Vrindavan and the Mughals entered India in 1525. And Babur was there till 1530. Humayu took over. Then Akbar started his rule from 1555. So therefore During Akbar's time, they started a strategy that if we want to rule over India, we should have strong allies with some Indian rulers also. Make them partners in our kingdom. And so in North India, the most powerful and aggressive amongst the rulers were the Rajputs of at that point what is known as Amera or today's Ajmer. So they were known as the Kachwaha dynasty or the Kurumakul or the Tortoise dynasty. With that dynasty they created a collaboration. So for a mission absorbed practice is sufficient. But for creating an institution then you have to have other things also. And therefore Everybody can be part of a mission but very few can be part of growing an organization. Why? Because specific skill sets are required. And so Rupan Sanathan trained up Jeev Goswami and he cultivated Mal and Man Singh who were the top two right and left of Akbar and Todarmal became a disciple of Raghunath Bhatta Goswami and Man Singh became like a Shiksha disciple of Jiva Goswami and they took it upon themselves to support the Goswami's ambitions in Vrindavan and in 1564 Akbar wrote the first land grant in the name of Madan Mohan and Govinda Dev. And this was acknowledged by Jiva Goswami. And in 1572, when Man Singh went on a military expedition against one more Rajput king, he came and took blessings of Jiva Goswami. He said, If I am successful in my effort, then I will build a big temple for Govinda Dev. So he was successful in 1572 and immediately he started the construction of Govinda Dev temple. The most expensive monument at that time. It took 18 years to build and in 1590 it was opened. And when it was opened, at that time jiva Goswami glorified Akbar through 8 verses and that he called as Shri Govinda Dev Mandir Ashtakam the eight verses glorifying Govindadeva temple. And he glorifies Akbar as shreeman Arkavaro Mahan. Arkavar means one who is as brilliant as the sun. So, at that point of time, Govindadeva temple became the epicenter of all spiritual activities. Tatevasi achesada Sri Govindadeva Naam And therefore that Govindadeva temple became the center of the entire Gaudiya Vaishnava's spiritual explosion. And why is Govindadeva temple special? For the first time in the history of creation. The deities of Radharani was brought to be worshipped. And so, first of all, the Goswami started mentioning about Radharani and her worship and the mood of Sri Vrindavan worship. And that was reflected because there was one altar for Yogamaya, another altar for Ruvinda Devi, the main orchestrators of Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. So therefore, from the Aishwarya Bhav of worshipping Narayan and Vishnu, which all traditional temples have, for the first time, the teachings of Rupa Goswami, Sri Chaitanya Mano Vishtham Sthapitam Yana Bhutale, the pastimes of Braj, what Mahaprabhu came to demonstrate, Premarasaniriyasa Kurite Aswadan Raga Marga Bhakti Kurite Pracharan, Aishwarya shithilagyan. That kind of bhakti which is free from Aishwarya, that was demonstrated in a temple for the first time in recent history in Govindadeva temple. Typically temples have symbols of power, lions, elephants in the architecture. In the entire Govindadev temple, you will only find parrots, peacocks, dear covered boys covered girls no symbol of power all vrindavan related paraphernalia only and therefore this temple it is described sahasra sevaka seva kore anukshan sahasra badane seva na jaya varnan at that point of time, millions of people were sevites, and one cannot even express through words. Sevara Adhyakshasri Sri Pandit Haridas, Tara Yasha guna sarve jagate prakash, and in that Govindadev Temple, the main sevite, his name was Pandit Haridas. Kaviraj Baraswami is mentioning in the 8th chapter of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, And then he says, Sushila Sahishnu Shanta Vadanya Gambhir Madhur Vachana Madhur Cheshta Mahadir Savar Sammanakarta Koren Savarhit Kautilya Matsarya Himsa Najanetarachata That sevite of, of Govinda Dev was filled with spiritual qualities. Self-controlled, tolerant, respectful, free from any kind of desire to find fault or be violent. Vaishnavera gunagrahi na dekhai dosh. He was only putting effort to see the good quality of the Vaishnava never see the bad qualities. Why? Because he realized that we are all made differently. No two people are alike. And therefore, we have a choice either to focus on our superiority, inferiority vis-a-vis others or number two, when we realize that for the ultimate goal to achieve, we have something in common we may be different in various ways, but we have one thing in common. We are all trapped by Maya. So if we accept that, that we are all trapped by Maya, then we need help. When we are trapped by Maya, then we need each other. And therefore, however the other person may be, we are dependent on them. So therefore, Apart from the absorption, the second principle in a community we need is the right attitude. And that is what is described here through this uh, historical incident. And here, although so highly qualified, this head priest and the Mahant of Govindadev temple is extremely conscious of being respectful and finding the good qualities in the devotees. Prabhupada was on a morning walk in Venice Beach. He looked at the ocean. The devotees also looked at the ocean. And one devotee commented to Prabhupada, Prabhupada the ocean looks so beautiful. Prabhupada said, from a distance. When you go near, the ocean will trap you and drown you. And Prabhupada said, Maya is also like that. Looks beautiful from a distance and so we are all under the influence of Maya, that is something we all have in common and therefore nobody can, you know, three drowning men cannot make comparison on who is better and who is worse, all are drowning, so they would need each other's help. So, I remember that we were on a yatra to Jagannath Puri. And we went to take bath in the ocean. The waves of the ocean was powerful. His holiness Radhanath Maharaj was deep inside swimming. He didn't come out for a long time. And the servant went in and said, Maharaj, why are you not coming out? And Maharaj said, my gamcha has been taken away by the ocean. And how can I come out? Devotees are standing with cameras in their hand. So the servant went and gave him another gamcha. He came out. And when he came out, he said, when I entered the ocean, I was a Gaudiya Sannyasi. I would have come out as a Naga Baba. (laughs) And then he said, the ocean today is in a very, you know, heavy state. Make announcement, nobody should go in. Whoever is bathed in everything, come out. No prolonged bathing. So we made announcement. Still one devotee, he over, you know, overlooked the announcement, protested and kept swimming deep inside. And what was his argument? I'm an expert. I'm an expert swimmer. The announcement does not, is not relevant for me. You don't know my expertise. He went deep. The ocean pushed him. He realized he's getting trapped. He tried for some time, but as he was trying, he just could not control himself. And then he realized he going to drown. He raised his hands and started waving. The devotees thought he is doing bowl <laughs> And then finally, you know, the lifeguard was sent in. The lifeguard caught hold of him, brought him out, took the water out of his stomach. I was standing there, I said, give some donation to this lifeguard, he has saved you. He took out 150 rupees and gave. I said, he has saved your life, give at least 500 rupees. He said, no, no, I have read in Radheshyam Prabhu's book, cost of body is 150 rupees only. (laughs) (laughs) And then I asked him, so many announcements were made not to enter. Why did you enter? So he said, I am so expert, I cannot imagine that In the ocean, while swimming, I can get trapped. And therefore, the statistics reveal that amongst people who drown in water, 80% of the time, it is expert swimmers who drown. And those who do not know swimming, hardly drown, because they hardly swim. And therefore, when we look at Maya, a healthy fear of Maya would make us dependent on other devotees to help. And therefore, this attitude of being patient, tolerant, and dependent is very important. And so, with great patience, the Goswami is cultivated. A whole group of people who were actually aggressively not in favor of Hinduism; they were against it, and therefore, because Akbar compromised and gave donation for the deities, because they are Muslims are against deity worship. But practically, all the red sandstone which was being used for Fatehpur Sikri, red fort. Delhi, Agra, other places in the north, Man Singh managed to bring a lot of that sandstone to Vrindavan. So at that point of time in India, only two people could afford red sandstone structures. The Mughals and the Gaudiya Vaishnavas in Vrindavan. So today when you see the structures in a dilapidated state, you do not realize, we do not realize the public relations coup which had been executed by Mahaprabhu's associates at that time. The entire Vrindavan recreation was funded by Mughal money. And that is really an example of unity and diversity. But of course they did it for pleasing their allies in India, the Rajputs. So it was all part of a mud of political alliance. But from that mud of political alliance, Jiv Goswami managed to bloom the lotus of the recreation of Vrindavan. And then it is in this Dev temple which was built. You will see the external facade of dev is all plain. There are no figures like in typical Architecture of Indian temples. Why? Because Jeev Goswami thought Akbar has compromised in his stand. Akbar, being a Mughal or a Muslim, does not support deity worship, but still he has compromised and given land and given all this for installing deities and establishing temple. So he has compromised. And so Jeev Goswami thought, okay we should also compromise in the design and keep the outside design plain as a respect for their Islamic sentiments. So when two individuals decide to compromise on their points of view, then a dialogue can be established. If each person is Stuck to his idea of what I feel like. It is called a monologue. So therefore, because Akbar compromised and Jeeva Goswami also compromised, the Govinda temple in Vrindavan is called a dialogue in stone. And therefore, the Govinda temple was established as a result of dialogue, not conflict. And therefore whenever in history some historical achievements have happened, it has always been as a result of successful dialogue. And so this attitude is the second principle of a community. And then the third principle is the activity which is performed should be selfless. Madhavendra Puri आचार was tested and therefore it is described here that परीक्षा बहु परिश्रम चंदन was a lot of anxiety for Madhavendra Puri when he brought the chandan Ānanda badila mani. But that anxiety increased his pleasure. Dukha na He did not keep account of the number of problems he is facing. So this is an important symptom of love. In a relationship of love, one does not keep count. Keeping account means business. For a proper business, you have to keep count. But if it is a transaction of love, one does not keep count. Dukhana Ganila. And therefore, Puri's example is an example of service without selfish considerations. And therefore, Mahaprabhu simply came to experience Vrindavan, to share the experience of Vrindavan, and to recreate Vrindavan. And therefore our temples are supposed to and our communities are supposed to reflect this mood of Vrindavan and Vrindavan is all about harmony. And therefore Mahaprabhu through the Goswamis spent significant energy recreating Vrindavan. But it is interesting that Akbar departed in 1605. Jahangir became the emperor. Jahangir's uh, One interesting historical fact is Akbar's one wife was Hindu. And Akbar never converted her to Islam, allowed her to practice and established a temple also within the palace. She had a very powerful influence on him. And therefore, there are various personalities who may not be named in history, but they always have a good influence. Like that, Jahangir had one wife who was Hindu, but she departed early. So Jahangir's son, Shah Jahan, he was brought up mainly by the Muslim clerics. And the first seeds of fundamentalism were sown there. And then Shah Jahan had sons, one of his favorite sons was Dara Shuko, who was the eldest. And Aurangzeb was younger. So Shah Jahan only wanted Dara Shuko to become the king. And he was shamelessly partial towards him. At that time, the Rajput ally of the Mughals, his name was Jaisingh I. Jai Singh 1 did not have a good relationship with Dara Shikoh. Dara Shuko did not treat him properly. There was a relationship problem. So just see the irony of history that when Aurangzeb decided that I will take over and kill Dara Shuko and imprison my father, the person who helped him execute this plan was Jai Singh 1. the rajputs who were the patrons of the gaudiyas and vrindavan that rajput king invested in aurangzeb and thanks to that alliance and support which aurangzeb got from jai singh he could actually kill Dharashuku. if jai singh had not supported aurangzeb could never have become the emperor so Aurangzeb became the emperor in around 1665 and then Jai Singh told him we should cultivate Shivaji Maharaj and he should also become ally because Aurangzeb wanted to destroy Shivaji but this guy said, no, let us make allies. So Shivaji said, uh, "So Aurangzeb said, call him. So Jai Singh once sent his son Ram Singh to call Shivaji Maharaj. Shivaji Maharaj was skeptical about Aurangzeb. But still because Ram Singh said, you come to Agra, we will guarantee your protection and your respect. So on that word Shivaji Maharaj came. Aurangzeb disrespected him. There was a fight between, verbal fight between both of them. Aurangazep imprisoned Shivaji Maharaj. Shivaji Maharaj escaped from the jail through some basket, fruit basket. And Aurangzeb felt Ram Singh and Jay Singh have helped Shivaji escape. And so Aurangzeb decided I will teach them a lesson. So first thing he did was ostracize both of them from entering the palace and then he started attacking Kashi Vishwana temple he dismantled, Keshoji temple in Mathura he dismantled and attacked other temples in Vrindavan. But because Govindade temple was directly built by Man Singh who was so close to Akbar he did not exactly dismantled the whole thing only the main central huge dome which was there the central spire of There was 225 feet that he brought it down and the remaining temple he left it but the deities were taken from Vrindavan to Radhakun to Kamyavan and came to the outskirts of Jaipur in a place called as Kanak Vrindavan Kanak refers to the sister of Jaisingh 2 at that point. And so we find that practically the golden period of Gaudiya and the community thrived in Vrindavan. The Gaudiya community thrived in Vrindavan because Mahaprabhu personally encouraged the community in Puri. But the community in Vrindavan thrived without Mahaprabhu's physical presence. But it was due to his associates. But that period was 1516 to 1670. And after that the deities were transported out. And then the later temples which were built were all built in Haveli style to make it look like a house. So that any invader cannot understand which is a regular house and which is a temple. So it was in a camouflage design. So that's why you'll see Radha Damodar, Radha Gopinath, all of that in Haveli style, means it looks like a house. So anyone wanting to attack, he'll get confused. Where should I attack? Because there is no particular huge dome which is visible like that. So therefore, you know, there are lots of things to learn from history and Govindadev temple is a very historical temple. And here we are in New York in Govindadev temple. And therefore, while recreating the Vrindavan in Govardhaniko village, I have done a lot of research on the recreation of Vrindavan by Mahaprabhu and his associates. So as part of that, you know, I have been fascinated by Govindadev temple. And so I have connected with a lot of scholars to understand the history of that Govindadev temple. So when I came here to this Govindadev temple, and since we are discussing the topic of community, so I thought I'll just share some of those snippets from history that dialogue and conflict and the interplay between the two would actually define the quality of the community, which will thrive in future. So therefore, you know, Prabhupada has written Srimad Bhagavatam for his con, temples, and Chaitanya Chartamrit, which is all prema shastras, all deal with prema. But somehow, in Iskand temples all through the day, Kurukshetra exists many times. And sometimes I feel that Prabhupada should also have written some Mahabharata also to help you know, with so many conflicts which keep happening. And Bhagavatam appears to be too much on transcendental platform. But the idea is that Prabhupada expected us that in any situation there could be a political response, emotional response and devotional response. And so, we should keep our political response mainly for dealing with the outside world. But with devotees, we should always try to have a devotional response. And that's basically the mood of a devotional community but by Prabhupada's arrangement so many ups and downs uh, may be happening but when we remain focused on our basics then we will realize that yes in the long run focus on the basics the basics will never go wrong and therefore You know, we are really uh, appreciative of the fact that so many devotees, Hamsarupa Prabhu, Pancharatna Prabhu and others are really putting their energy to stay here and create gradual harmony out of a conflict and chaos-ridden situation and gradually things are falling in place. And this is such a beautiful space for discussion, you know, sharing of Shastra. And of course today they have switched on the lights above also. Yesterday they had kept these kind of three other lights below and that was, you know, I like that mood much better. But I am just saying that New York is the place where Prabhupada came and established ISKCON. And uh, there is a beautiful book called American Veda, written by one author. Uh, And in that he has chronicled the list of all the different Indian spiritual gurus who came to America right from the 60s. So we should not think we are the only ones. More than 150 gurus name he has written and their organization's trajectory and he acknowledges that ultimately it was hare krishna which ventured on the street and brought hinduism in the public eye in north america but then he also ends says but it is a regret that we don't see them as much anymore so he mentions that he had come to the eco village uh, you know last year So that is an interesting book for those who are interested to uh, understand the history and the growth of all the various groups in the last uh, few decades. And therefore we are at the verge of something amazing and uh, each and every devotee who can make a contribution to make this transformation happen in this community gradually. Would be very much pleasing Srila Prabhupada by his efforts, by his consciousness, and by his wonderful contribution to this cause. Shishrada Govinda Dev Bhagavanaki, Srila Prabhupada ki, Taigavot Primanande. Any comments you'd like to make, uh, Maharaj and uh, Pancharatna Prabhu?
1: specific comment to make just appreciation hearing the wonderful history Gaudi version of history very interesting especially all the series of things you mentioned about the Mughals and their collaboration I also heard somewhere that Jeeva Goswami was very strategically matching up Mughals with the Rajput queens, mm. <laughs> he married them so that there be a stronger tie. Is that true? Yes. I think Radhikaraman has mentioned this in this paper. Mm. Okay. It went deep. I mean, I just appreciate Jeeva Swami as a great strategist. We are looking into his corn and uh, maybe hesitating sometimes to do certain things, but at those times, Jeeva Swami did amazing things to preserve. Gaudiaveshan of history, literature. Great. He built a big library, you know, with the grant of Akbar and all that. Uh, so it comes out that Jeev Goswami is an institutional pioneer, uh, Gaudiaveshan <laughs> institutional pioneer and strategist. Yeah. It's not that only we are struggling with doing certain things in the external world, yeah. and many times we hesitate from using certain amount of material strategy. But Jeeva Goswami is an amazing example. And then Prabhupada in modern times. (laughs) Yeah, very interesting. Open for collaboration. Yeah. Do anything possible to any extent to get the people Krishna consciousness. (laughs) Go and collaborate even with the enemy. That's what they did. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you very much. You. Interesting.
2: Hare Krishna. Thank you very very much for this uh, revelation. Uh, there there's so many aspects of the of Mahaprabhu's movement in those days, uh, Vrindavan, but also we can take lessons from. Uh, uh, the 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 uh, work of of uh, and uh, the uh, how the first celebrations of Gurbanima at uh, Keturi. Keturi. and that th- that just comes to my mind as as an example of the same thing of of that. Bringing, establishing that that mood of family, that mood of of a of a community, which wasn't there before. I mean, this became now. It was sort of Mahaprabhu was the center, and everyone was circling around. Now he's gone, but how does the community stay together? And so the different things that, that took place, that the establishment of the temples, the establishment of the festivals, the establishment of various community relationships, all were engendered in those days. And like you said, there, 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 there was a, this was a whole new creation. And now, then it waned, and now we're recreating. And so I think that hearing about, I just appreciate to hear about. How these things were done in that period of time and how it relates to now our period of time where we also have suffered the loss. Our our Srila Prabhupada is no longer physically with us, so we have to look back uh, to uh, the elements that he put into place and and see how to maintain that same spirit. So, uh, thank you. Hare Krishna. I
0: was remembering the Collaboration, Prabhupada had with someone like Alan Ginsberg. Yes. <laughs> Prabhupada coming from such a conventional conservative background and Alan Ginsberg and yes, if we can come together and do something. <laughs> 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 he was <laughs> Alan
2: Ginsberg.
0: <laughs> definitely on a different, uh, <laughs> <laughs> different Nice game, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, La- La-
3: Thank you very much for this exposure. And (coughs) you're mentioning in the class that uh, most probably, because we were also um, preaching you also mentioned that um, there is some reason why Bhagavad Gita is karma-yoga, and then jnana and then astanga yoga (coughs) so can we say that uh, we have been preaching too strongly and uh, trying to make them into um, devotees and now we are seeing the the um, deficiencies of of our preaching and you also mentioned about uh, some Connection with uh, some, like like, um, Akbar was allied with uh, the Rajput. So some clarification. Yeah.
0: I think uh, Prabhupada, while in his last days, he mentioned very clearly that the second part of my mission. Varnashrama is yet to be established and you know the next generation should work in that direction and the whole idea of Varnashrama is that Prabhupada in his time for the limited 11 years which he had in the western preaching from 66 to 77 could establish the framework of the elevator so Prabhupada would always call as the Bhakti Yoga is like the elevator it takes you straight to the spiritual world but the elevator is small it cannot accommodate too many people and therefore the pure principles of Bhakti you know it cannot accommodate masses and Prabhupada would also be consistent with this that okay, we are not going to be Eka Chandra Tamohanti, he would quote many times, one moon better than thousand stars. We need few people. But then at the same time, he also said that one aspect of our mission is Varna ashrama which is so this one is straight taking you from you know all fall breaking principles, regulatory principles, straight to spiritual world. That is a pattern, that is a path. But in that limited period, Prabhupada did not have time to build the staircase. So he said that is my second part of the mission which you guys do. And when I say staircase, it means somebody may want to go from second floor to only the tenth floor and not want to go to the hundredth floor. So therefore, the way... Bhakti process is designed and our paradigm of success in the first part of the mission of establishing Bhakti and uh, helping people practice sadhana bhakti is when you start chanting, we consider our preaching is successful. When he is able to attain higher stages beyond anarthanivrti and all that is considered super successful practice. And at the time of death, he is able to remember Krishna and go back to spiritual world. That is ultimate success. So the definition of success in this paradigm is very specific. But the population of the world is 7.5 billion. And this kind of level which is required can touch a very small minority only. But still we want the majority of the population who are addicted to sense gratification to gradually start getting purified. So therefore, Prabhupada wanted devotees to do various enterprises, whether they are Brahmans or Kshatriya or Vaishya or Shudra. Prabhupada wanted to start a Varnashram college. What does Varnashram college mean? Staircase. education people need education so taking care of various material needs of the people if it can be headed by devotees so while trying to fulfill those material needs people will come in contact with the devotees their priority is not to chant or to go go back to godhead or to go up the elevator but they want just small things to be accomplished but when it do, gets done through devotees, they develop appreciation for devotees and for Krishna consciousness. That Prabhupada called as Daivi Varnashram. Right? So therefore, so many projects Prabhupada envisaged and, uh, you know, there so many devotees in ISKCON have written so many books on Varnashram and many things. I am just giving you a glimpse. So while doing the project at the Eco Village, I also got a glimpse of this right so uh, like for example if you create environmentally friendly things so there is a whole um, you know movement of people who are interested in mitigating climate change their mission is not go look their mission is okay something earth friendly they have emotion connected to that so they find, when you, they come and see this they appreciate So that appreciation takes them from one floor of the building to some other floor. It may not take them to the highest, but there is progress. So there are lots of animal care activists. There are lots of cow lovers. So we have Goshala there in the eco-village. So people, you know, they are only dedicated to that. They will go and beat up trucks which are taking cows to slaughter they are willing to go to jail for protecting the cows and everything but they will not hold a mala in their hand for even 10 minutes but for them that is their thing i am protecting so they go to another level or you know farming or organic farming or there are people interested in this so when they see the devotees doing it they are listening to the devotees connecting with the devotees so therefore in varnashrama the principal element is devotees give their association, so therefore in the next fifty years we have to learn the practice of how we can just give association without necessarily wanting to make that person a practitioner, for that doesn't mean that the other part stops, the other part continues, but then if you want to reach out to more and more people and get connected and inspire some appreciation within their heart for a devotee. So that is the beginning of Sukriti. Appreciation for a devotee. Acknowledgement. Oh, these people are doing good. Like that. For From, you know, of course when they start appreciating Kirtan this, that is direct. That comes in this only. The elevator part only. But there are so many other areas of life which are not directly connected. And therefore, to get Prabhupada's quotes on appreciating all of those activities will be very limited because that never got executed during that time. And Prabhupada acknowledged it is my unfulfilled mission and I want you to do that. So then there are many people who start criticizing anything which goes on little indirect saying that Prabhupada never wanted or Prabhupada never did. Prabhupada said, I do not have time to do all that and therefore that unfulfilled mission is the Varnashram which we want you to do. So to try to find quotes related to that, you know, is not logical because you will not find so much of information related to that. So therefore, ISKCON as a society has to have more dialogue. On uh, a universally acceptable definition of what this Varnashrama and the implementation should be, and ultimately, uh, you know, facilitate consciousness transformation of people. And, you know, these are examples of history of how, you know, even people like Mughals and others and all were, you know, I don't think Jeev Goswami must have told Akbar, chant Hare Krishna you know, he is sending his red sandstone, that is Sukruti. He is engaging him. So we have focused too much on 12.8 Bhagavad Gita. But now Varnashrama means you also start looking at 12.10, 12.11 in the yoga ladder. And not to see it as a demotion or something, but reaching out to more and more people. At the same time when that happens, others who are directly focused on helping people come to direct bhakti, That should also continue. It is not excluding one as against the other, but increasing the scope. Okay. Jaisala Prabhupad ki.